0: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie's here. No guests today. It's just us talking F1. So, Frenchie, how are you? I'm doing good. Ready for
1: another race this weekend.
0: Yeah. After last weekend, which was super exciting, and we'll get to recapping in a little bit before we preview this weekend, I'm super pumped it's a, kind of a back-to-back weekend. But let's start with Trivia. At this point, we might as call this. We might as well call this the Cody Bray Trivia Hour because he's the only one who submits questions. I actually got one. I'm going to leave the name out. DM from somebody random, and the trivia question was, "What is Lewis Hamilton's number?" I'm like, R- re- really? We're going to stump somebody on Lewis Hamilton's number? And they're trolling you, either or maybe. Yeah, they could. They could be. I didn't think of that. It's been a long week. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go with the trivia question. The most consecutive starts. So, driver, number of starts, and bonus point, if you can guess the last race before the streak ended. Um, the most consecutive starts? Yes.
1: I think it's got to be Lewis at this point. It is Lewis. Oh, man. Um... Because he, ha- he doesn't miss races. Like, he hasn't missed a race until Bahrain last year when he had COVID. Correct. That is when the streak ended. But when the streak started, I don't know, I guess, when's the first season? I don't think he missed a race any other time. So, uh, began in 2007, beginning of the 2007 season? Yep. What's the number? I would have to, like, multiply out the number of races. I'm just going <laughs> to guess... Um,
0: Two hundred and forty-seven races, dude. You you weren't you weren't far off. It was two sixty-five. Okay, I. Uh, if you said like two sixty 260 or two sixty-five, I was about to like lose my shit and end the episode because that's just not fair. But anyway, good thing I didn't go like three hundred something, which is what I was thinking of doing at first. <laughs> anyway, before we get going, do you remember when we had Sarah on a couple weeks ago? And she will be back at some point. I've been talking to her, and I, I was laughing about how like. My dad feeds me information when I'm, uh, when I'm at the racetrack, and yeah. I said, well, now I'm never going to be allowed to move back to Pennsylvania for, for teasing him on air. He, he finally listened to that the other day, because I got a text message that said, yep, you can't come back to Pennsylvania now. So you've been
1: banned from your
0: home state because been, of I've those been, words. Yes, I've been banned from my home state. I mean, I'm sure there are other people who actually want me banned from my home state. <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. It's a big state. I, there's room for everyone, right? Yeah, but like once you, really like the western half of Pennsylvania, like past Harrisburg and past like Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, and everything else there, like no, that's a garbage part of the state. Nobody, nobody really cares about that part of the state. Is Harrisburg where Three Mile Island is? I have no idea. Okay, someone will. I'll look it up later. You know what Three Mile yeah. Island is, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where it is. Okay. Anyway. We have a very busy race to recap from Silverstone. So, first off, super, super glad that Joe Guan Yu is okay. That was pretty wild. It was hard to follow what was really going on until the replay started coming in. So, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on what happened there. It was a crazy start. Shit happens. Everybody's Okay. The one thing I will say that I found interesting and some people pointed it out on Twitter pretty quickly, is that Zhou Guan Yu's roll hoop behind his head failed. So if he didn't have the Halo, we could be having an entirely different conversation right now. And and the roll hoop failing is something that has to pass FIA safety checks, you know, crash the crash test and whatnot. So hopefully there's uh, uh, some sort of solution in place because we don't want to see something worse happen but nonetheless this brings me to rant number one of the day we the the, the f1 red flag rules <laughs> are utter bullshit the fact that like ocon who was involved in that accident and a couple other guys who had pretty significant damage now not you know Race-ending damage because they were able to fix it in, you know, an hour. However long that the red flag was, everybody can change tires. It's just it's just such a garbage rule. Now I, I get it under certain circumstances. You know, the front wing is damaged or whatever. But there are certain things like you shouldn't be able to change your tires. You shouldn't. You know, if you have, if you're damaged, you know, maybe you do like a damage clock, not to do something like nascar is doing but if you have a red flag and the red flag is longer than an hour if the repairs aren't done in a half hour i'm just making up numbers here your day is done because it's just it's not unfair it's just it's just really dumb i don't like it
1: under the red flag rules i think russell had he not gotten out of his car and been the good samaritan that he was to go kind of run over and check on guan yuzhou Yep. I think he would have been able to drag his suspension back to the pits and been able to fix it if Ocon did, right? So he kind oh, of yeah. got the short end of the stick there by doing something good, which yeah, is
0: odd. Yeah, that's another I, – I understand that rule. Like, it makes sense. In, that, in this situation, it also doesn't make sense because he was you know, making sure a fellow competitor was okay – so I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I almost forgot about, it. I was, I was going to skip over that one. It's, it's another weird one, but again, like Russell's rim was completely shredded. So like, he would, he would have had to change. It wasn't completely shredded. It was, it was banked. It was bent in many directions. So I, man, I don't know. Where, where do we want to go with next before we get to the last 20 laps of the race? I actually wanted
1: to get to the uh, climate protesters that,
0: Oh, the good track. God. Okay. Well, my dad told me to make this episode more to be upbeat and positive, And so far, we've been nothing but the complete opposite of that.
1: Oh, I can be positive about this. I okay. guess, maybe. I understand their cause. They're right, from right. a group called Just Stop Oil. So if you want to get attention, it makes complete sense to do it by coming to the Formula One race and protesting. But running out onto the track is just going to get you arrested and maybe killed so i think sebastian vettel and lewis hamilton said we get where you're coming from but don't do something stupid like this it put lives in danger i think everybody pretty much condemned this we've seen some real idiots run onto the track especially it seems like it happens pretty frequently at the british grand prix Maybe Silverstone needs to look at their security a little bit, or some of the gaps in the fencing. But I want to just put that in there real quick too. That yeah. was a, that was a big moment that wasn't the race, but it was just an, another odd tidbit from the weekend.
0: Yeah, can 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 we talk about Silverstone there for a second? Because they knew the protesters were yeah, thinking, they had police reports, about it, and they still screwed it up. Yep. and i understand i am all for taking a closer look at climate change and figuring something out 100% but putting yourself on a active racetrack or you know cuz at that point i think the cars were still circling under yellow were they They didn't know the red the flag was going to be called they they were right, just right, right, running right. out on the track so it just
1: happened that the race got stopped and they were kind of lucky but
0: yeah they were running yeah. out
1: on the first lap of the race Okay, on the yeah. straight where they're going the fastest on the Wellington Strait. Uh, no one's going to negotiate with those kind of people that do that, right? Like you, immediately discredit yourself by running onto a racetrack to prove a point. I'm sorry, you broke the rules. You probably broke the law, if I you trespass laws of some kind, and you got arrested. So why do I want to work with you? You don't strike me as a reasonable person now. Why am I going to sit down and talk right. about making Formula One? More green, and they're already going to sustainable fuels. I don't know. There are worse things that you could protest than Formula One, but that's neither here nor there, I guess, to coin a hickey phrase.
0: <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. So then nothing happened for a little while. We had a. God, who was it that, that brought out that last caution? The one I want to talk about. The last caution? where the, the where ferrari gonna ferrari pitch strategy oh places.
1: i don't remember who did stop there oh was it um wasn't it Ocon? didn't
0: he yeah yeah yeah. something happened where he just stopped running and pulled off on the, str- so, on the front straight so many other guys had issues after the red flag you know gasly and sonoda <laughs> went into each other good <laughs> yeah. job yuki we're gonna talk really about pr- yuki in a minute really proud of your efforts there that was awesome awesome work And then, yeah, so we're going to fast forward. Ocon, the ensuing yellow flag comes out, safety car, whatever you want to call it, and Leclerc is in the lead. They say, your tires are a little bit newer than signs, so we're going to leave you on hard tires and put signs on softs. I I fully understand why Leclerc was pissed off after the race, and Sainz goes out on softs. Everybody else essentially pits for new tires except LeClaire. They were still so, going to
1: make Sainz try to block Hamilton, though, yep, with his new that, tires.
0: Yep. The radio message was, please stay 10 car lengths back so that you can hold off everybody else. And Sainz rightfully said, uh, yeah, sure, but everybody behind me is going to steamroll me and then steamroll Claire anyway. So what sense does that make? So good on signs for kind of giving the finger to the Ferrari strategy there and say, I'm going for this. But before I continue and I, I talk forever, what's your opinion on everything?
1: Ferrari's strategy, when they were earlier in the race, just letting the two of them go at it as Lewis was catching them, Instead of just picking one driver to sort of put out front, when I think Leclerc was clearly faster, even with his little winglet broken off, and they kept telling signs like you have to move over. But then there was this ongoing negotiating happening where he was like, if I can do this time, I stay out front. And then he just didn't do the time. And they said, okay, move over. But that was like 20 laps too late. Their strategy makes zero sense. It just seems like they don't want to make the decision. They want the drivers to have the decision kind of fall into their laps. And you can't be like that as a team, or you end up with just throwing races away, as everybody has kind of seen Ferrari do over the years. We need John Top back at Ferrari, is all I'm saying.
0: Ross Braun, all those guys. Any, anybody but Harry Potter's older brother, Mattia Potter. <laughs> <laughs> that guy re- really is the worst. His strategy, The strategy makes no sense. They're clearly at this point costing Leclerc a championship fight. He finished fourth because the ensuing battle there at the end, the Hamilton Leclerc Perez battle, Alonso too, like Alonso was, was right there. Was I mean probably one of the most epic battles in the last five, in the turbo hybrid era oh, of yeah. F one. I was on the edge of my seat for those last yeah. 10 laps or so. I mean, there were people in the tiny Mid-Ohio Media Center for IndyCar and we were all going, "Whoa!" every time something happened because it was it was awesome. It was it got people who are maybe casual F1 fans going, "This this was the best race." And so I'm I'm pretty pumped it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Signs gets his first victory, which is super cool. His first pole and his first victory couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah. You know, is there anything else about Silverstone that we glossed over? Um, I do want to talk quickly
1: about a couple of quotes that came out. One of them has to do with what Helmet Marcos said about Yuki. Ah, oh, yes. And then Yuki's response to that. Um, so, obviously, we know that Yuki has said some kind of not so positive things for his image, I guess, just about not wanting to work out. And he has these outbursts on the radio. And so, Helmet Marco, everyone's favorite movie supervillain turned race team advisor, um, said that they've now hired a psychiatrist or psychologist to work with what he calls, quote, problem child Yuki Sonoda to get his fiery temper under control. To which Yuki responded, I've been working with a psychologist for years. Yes, they just hired a new one, and I understand that I have these outbursts on the radio that I need to get under control, but this is nothing new. I don't know why he's going around making these comments.
0: Helmet Marco is a buffoon. He's really just a horrible human being. (laughs) And, I mean, yeah, Yuki... He's got to relax a little bit because at, at at some point, not being relaxed is going to cost him a, a spot on, not in F1, but on the track because he loses focus. And so I, I get that. And I was going to say originally before your last point, all right, you know, working with a sports psychologist or some sort of psychologist for athletes is – cool highly recommended athletes all over the world and many disciplines of sports do it cool and then once yuki said yeah i've already been working with one yeah what's what's the point in helmet marco's comments it's not going to it's not like a light a fire under him and, and get him pumped up sort of thing like this isn't this isn't going to do anything good for team morale That's his way of working, though. He just loves to have these derogatory quotes in the media, and that
1: seems to be his way that he views will motivate his drivers. But I don't really know if it motivates anyone except Max Verstappen, who grew up with the twisted father who, like, kind (laughs) of had the same strategy.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I, I, uh, God. Yeah. Like, when this whole when the whole PK thing was going down and Lewis Hamilton said, why do we let old people talk?
2: Oh,
1: there was something about that that I sent you the other day. Okay. Remember?
0: Yeah. So, and I, and I know he was referring to the atrocious Bernie Ecclestone comments, but in this case, can we add, why do we let helmet talk?
1: I mean, I agree. The guys, when you look at his formula one results, I mean, he is a Lamar winner. But if you look at Helmut Marco's racing results, it's really just strange that he has so much influence. And I, I get that his career was cut short by an injury. But he drove in Formula One a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times over two seasons. And somehow he's become like a major advisor, key player in the F1 paddock for years now. It's just kind of odd to me. If it was Alan Prost or something like it would make more sense, and you'd kind of let him say things because oh you're a four time world champion, and you know about what motivates drivers. You were a driver. You were a team owner. You have earned that respect with experience. But helmet Marco, I don't get it. Yeah, I I don't I don't either. Okay, what's next? Okay, so you just reminded me that we found out yesterday that yuri vips is actually still part of red bull's junior driver program so when they made that announcement it was pretty misleading so they announced that they had canceled their agreement with him um to be the test and reserve driver for the f1 team but that's it that's all that happened because he still has his f2 drive as we mentioned last week and he's still part of the red bull junior driver program so yeah that, that's not a very good look. I didn't see many people reacting to that, surprisingly enough, but maybe enough happened over the weekend where that kind of got swept under the rug and that was
0: Red Bull's plan all along. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the timing couldn't have been better in Red Bull's case because it was an eventful weekend with a lot going on, so now they can put this out there and almost nobody is talking about it in any way. So I hate it. I hate everything about it it's just it's just a i mean it's a bad look but at this point are we are we even remotely surprised no we're i mean not really but it's
1: just pretty duplicitous of them to kind of make a big statement about oh we got rid of that guy but no you didn't that was totally fake right sticking with red bull um Max Verstappen actually had a pretty interesting dig at Lewis Hamilton this weekend. I don't know if you saw. Oh, no, I missed it. Okay, so he was speaking to Dutch media um and I guess Hamilton sometime after the race at Silverstone had said that the side-by-side battle he had with Leclerc at cops where obviously he collided with um Verstappen last year, he said that Leclerc was very sensible and that it was clearly a lot different to what he experienced last year. So then Verstappen's comment was, I think it's quite nice that at 37 years of age, you can still learn how to hit an apex. He's learning, so that is positive. It's also good for younger drivers to know that you're still learning when you're
0: 37 years old. I, I have to say, that's pretty damn good. It's Even if it's not accurate and Lewis hits apexes, that's still pretty awesome. I, I'm not I'm not even going to be mad at Max on this one. That's a good one. Pro, bravo on, on that only. No, I think it's some
1: good ribbing at each other. I mean, he's obviously yeah. still upset about that event. And to kind of do a little snide remark in the media is interesting. And it's a lot better than what we saw last year with the T-Motors going at it and saying pretty nasty yeah. things at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Is there anything else, do you think, from Silverstone to really get into before we get into general news and then talk about Austria?
3: Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or... Paddle, as it's called in North America. This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month.
2: For so many decades, so 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.
0: I I don't... Oh, our picks. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, everyone, we decided last week, if you remember correctly... That we were just going to pick two drivers, one inside the top 10, one outside the top 10 in the championship, and then average their finishing positions. So luckily enough, my two picks were George Russell and Guan Yu Zhou, who both went out on the opening lap. So I get a total of zero. That's... I'm so sorry. And so you then picked Leclerc and Gasly, and Gasly also went out late in the race thanks to his teammate. So by default... Because you have Leclerc, someone who actually finished, you win that round.
0: This is like the most depressing predictions win I might have may have ever had because it's not like anything I actually I don't deserve that one. But I mean I'm I'm also gonna take it, so Yay
1: me, yay me. Have we even kept track of who's winning? I haven't kept track of who won and lost these. We should probably nope. do that.
0: That'd probably be cool pretty cool, but I maybe next year. It's like already halfway through. <laughs> it's a lot of episodes to go back and
1: look at. In general yeah. news, what we've got going on is more talk about this cost cap. Specifically, Alpine and Alpha Romeo have been arguing that there should be no adjustments to the cost cap, while some of the bigger teams and McLaren. Is really coming up against the cost cap and Andreas seidel has been saying we needed an extra inflation allowance just based on everything that's going on in the world um so that you can basically i guess somehow add more money to the cost cap without technically adding more money to the cost cap and the f1 commission is going to meet in austria before the race and discuss that and then also discuss the f1 porpoising technical directives so hopefully we'll get some more clarity on that because I know we discussed it last week, but there wasn't really a lot specific that came out.
0: Uh, I'm going to say don't touch the cost cap. It, inflation, it happens. Okay, fine. But I mean, the, the cost cap is there for a reason. You have to find a way to stay under it. End of story. I, um, unless, unless you're there's some catastrophic event, I don't know, your engine factory department blows away in a tornado and you need to rebuild? Like, Sure. That's a really bad example. That's a horrible example. But you get the point. So that's what I'm going with. Some act of nature. Yeah, I, I
1: kind of get what you're saying because it's... Like, we just put this rule in and then if we're kind of gonna now just make tweaks to it every time teams come at the fia with arguments then it just shows you how much they can influence it and they'll know they can continue to just manipulate the fia and get them to change their ruling on this and continue to up that cost cap because inflation always a thing right there's always going to be inflation it just it's always happening right and to be able to fight that and counteract it I don't. I don't know. I think that's a pretty tenuous argument by the
0: teams, but it's probably their best bet, right? Yeah, I, I would say so. I think also, you know, now now that teams are kind of figuring out budget cap and and how it works, and you know, we're what year year two of budget cap? Yeah, or is it year one? It's year two. Year two? they'll figure it out i i don't think we need to like rush and overreact and change everything about it or, or anything about it yet alonzo
1: is the next topic of news because while well, we've been hearing that oscar piastri might slot into the seat that nicholas latifi is likely to vacate um at the end of the season or perhaps before the end of the season we've heard some crazy rumors swirling around um, the other seat, obviously, Oscar Piastri is a an Alpine junior driver. And so, as Ocon is under a long-term contract, Alonso's seat is actually free. It's up um, at the end of this year. So he's... He seems pretty relaxed about it, though, because he, what he said is that he's willing to wait on the contract talks until after the summer break.
0: I... That's fair. I don't have anything interesting on this one. I think that's it's the right approach to have. Don't get stressed out when it's nothing you can really control. I don't know if there's any
1: reason to get rid of him yet. I think if you put Oscar Piastri in a Williams seat for a year, while you wait and see what yeah what Alonso can do next year, he's Alonso's not at the end of his career yet, based on his performance that we've seen, in my opinion. So, if you can keep both somehow and just have them both in F one waiting that that's great
0: yeah i think a a year of development for him and not not because i don't think he is going to be very good but he's essentially been out of the car he's he'll have been out of the car most of this year so give him some time in in a no offense to williams lower car than an alpine and let him let him develop i think is a fine plan
1: we saw what it did for George Russell three years into Williams and now he's in a Mercedes consistently finishing in the top five, even though the car's, you know, supposedly not great, although it looks better now. And Lewis Hamilton has said that he thinks they can win this season. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, I think anything's, I don't think it's impossible. I think Ferrari has shown reliability issues. The typical Ferrari strategy calls Red Bulls had reliability issues mclaren is not race winning capable i don't think so is it possible yeah i think it would have to be i don't know a, a track where there is zero concern of any porpoising i don't know what's a track with not much straightaway. Hungary. that's so i was thinking it'd be hard to pass there too yeah so if you if you you know qualify in the top five make a, a couple good moves and, and get out front you could probably hold somebody off at the end there so yeah somewhere like that i guess singapore has a pretty long straight though yeah yeah that that i would say something like hungary before singapore but that's not a bad one either we'll have to see Uh, being based on his
1: performance uh, at silverstone it it looked like he could have won that race for a little bit I, i was actually thinking with verstappen whining in seventh place about his car just feeling completely broken which i think i texted you about that he was just he whines whether or not he's happy or angry it's never good enough for him and he's always got to complain and i noticed lewis doing that a while ago i think a little bit but i don't know they maybe they didn't cover max doing it as much until this season but wow it is annoying it really is. It's very... It's just draining. Like, to be the engineer on the receiving
0: end of that, I'd just be like, shut up. Like, just drive it's, it's, the effing car, dude. It's it's like the Yuki thing. It's like, you know, some days there's just going to be shit that's out of your control in a race car. You know, they can't see that there's a piece of an AlphaTauri wing under the car at all. You know, that's <laughs> exactly. Just, they can't see that. So, it happens... You can be frustrated. You can curse. Whatever. It's it's fine. But the outbursts don't do. They're not helpful. They don't do anything. And every once in a while, like, yeah, you need a good outburst. Something happens that's you know, really goes against you. All right, fine. But yeah, you know, the team. There's nothing that the team can do here. No, it, it's just.
1: It goes to show you. I think how we've discussed this before. How many of the drivers in the paddocks are divas, as we like to call them. They are very dramatic, and they kind of need to have either the attention
0: or just complain about something. But maybe that's
1: also just race car drivers.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, all top athletes are divas to some degree. Not just racing, but just in general. They're all all divas. That's a good point. Same thing like popular musicians no matter what genre of you musicians all divas yeah that's a good point i think yeah once you are in
1: that uh luxurious lifestyle maybe it's impossible maybe one day like, we'll we'll both become divas once uh plp blows up and makes us both millionaires i've been called
0: a diva actually i've been called a lot this week so <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah but i did i did get called a diva this week which is really annoying i, I didn't think it was justified but hmm I don't consider you a diva, but thank you.
1: I don't know. Our our listeners can weigh in. Yeah, I'm sure the guys in the PLP league will be happy to Disagree. compliment you. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: to heap praise on you. What's next? I don't have anything else except for Austria this weekend. Uh, or yes, as it's called. Do you want to say it, or you want me to say it? No, I I, I want this one. Okay. Let me just... we're gonna go for the official name here.
0: <laughs> the official name of this weekend, which includes the sprint race, is the Grosser Price von Osterreich twenty twenty two. That was a real that was pretty good. I I may have practiced it like four times before we recorded. I like it. I we should make it. a soundbite a, um, sound bite of that. Yeah, yeah the... <laughs> I need a i need a soundboard again, really. I need to you know, my my old one got fried in a thunderstorm before i moved out here so i need to spend the money and get another soundboard again i think is what is what we've come to terms with maybe someone will send you one for christmas it's a while away
1: though santa please help yeah you didn't get one for your birthday
0: no (laughs) what the heck uh, (laughs) that's probably why i am in the position i am in now because i didn't get a soundboard for my birthday if you know what I'm, th- if I'm talking about, I've talked to you a lot this week.
1: Yeah, life is uh, interesting for our host right now, but we'll we'll get it back Cheers to today. racing. <laughs> so the times for this weekend. Before we get into our predictions, practice one is at seven thirty on Friday morning. Qualifying is then at eleven. Practice two is at six thirty a.m. on Saturday. Not happening. Well, the sprint race is at 10.30 a.m., so that's perfect timing. And then the race is on Sunday morning at 9 a.m.
0: Awesome. Sprint race. I think this is the one track that one of the – I'd rather a sprint race at Austria than Monza. I don't know why. I just feel like the Monza sprint race last year was pretty dull, and I don't think it's going to be any different this year. But Austria is a pretty cool little track. It's a little more difficult on the cars than you actually – think then you know it's a pretty simple layout, but it's still got some tricks up its sleeve, so I'm pretty excited about a sprint race this weekend. The, the last, last sprint last race one? was good, and I Yeah don't I don't remember where it was. I, me neither. Was it Imola? No, it couldn't be an Imola. Um that doesn't make any sense. No, it might
1: have been. I think it was at Imola.
0: Nailed it. I'm the smartest man alive.
1: I'm pretty sure it was. I think you're right. But for some reason i can't find that right away because we have three this season right let me pull up what the three are because i think they tried to pick yeah okay we've got yeah imola austria and brazil
0: okay brazil will be cool i mean hopefully yeah what so we've got times all right so predictions do we want to how do you think we can work in the sprint race into our new style of prediction all right here's what we're gonna do this is I'm coming up with this on the fly we' we'll, we'll do the same thing again get your get your f1 standings ready f1 I'm literally googling this as we do this you'd think I'd be more professional than that. all right pick one guy inside the top 10 one side one guy outside the top 10 and then a separate guy that will finish Somewhere in the points, uh, yeah. I mean, pick one guy for the sprint race, just one person in general. Okay. But it can't be the person you picked, either of the people you picked in the actual race. Okay, so
1: I think I'm going to go with Sergio Perez for my okay. in-the-top-ten driver. Who you got?
0: I'll take Verstappen.
1: Okay. I think, yeah, Red Bull's probably going to be... yeah the team to beat this weekend. For outside the top 10, I will take... You know what? Let's take Mick Schumacher because we forgot to mention that he got his first points ever in Formula 1 at Silverstone, which was awesome. He finished 8th, and good for him. He got that monkey off his back. So maybe Gunther Steiner can be a little bit less harsh on him now, even though it's kind of Gunther's way. Yep. Yep. But, you know, it was cool to see that, and hopefully that leads to some confidence and some good finishes. Cause that was a double points um, race for Haas.
0: Yeah. Good for them. I, I will take, I'll take Gasly again. Okay. Yeah. I don't I'll think he can be taken Honda. out in two races. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Who's your sprint race
1: in the sprint race. I'm going to say Alonzo because he tends to be, he's the Alpine looks good. He's probably going to qualify. Well, and then he's really good on starts. So let's let's go with Alonzo. I will take Russell. Yeah, he's going to bounce back this weekend, actually get to compete in the race, hopefully. That streak that he was running of the top fives, that, that was, was going pretty well. I feel kind of bad for him that he got taken out of that, not by his own fault or accord at all.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it there. Everybody enjoyed the racing this weekend. Frenchie, are you watching it from home?
1: Yeah, I will be home this weekend, and I'll be watching.
0: I will be watching Saturday yeah, tomorrow and Saturday from home. I'll watch the race Sunday at Cassie Johnston's. so that'll be exciting. We should have like a before. virtual watch party or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Text, text the group when, when we're done here, and, and we'll figure something out. But yeah, everybody have a lovely weekend of racing.